0: In the 21st century
1: to moving iron podcast this is a special edition our monthly sit down here with dawson tire and wheel and uh, Dawson Tire and Will has been gracious enough to be a uh, member of the Moving Iron Podcast here with the uh, the folks at Dawson Tire for going on probably 12 years now. And uh, been it's been a great opportunity for me to work with them again uh, with my podcast here. But Dawson Tire and, and Will is your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. This week I have, or this month, I have uh, Nathan McPherson and Eric McPherson on here. And Nathan is a used tire guy for, for Dawson Tire and Will. He does all the buying and selling uh, all the all the used tires that you have out there. So that's one thing that I like about Dawson Tire is that they've got a great selection of used tires out there. So, Nathan, welcome to the podcast, and how you been, man?
0: Doing pretty good. Thanks yeah. for having us
1: on. No, hey, man, it's been you? great.
0: How
1: are you doing? I'm doing good, man, doing good. Eric, thanks for being on the podcast as well, bud.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us, Casey. Looking, looking forward to doing this again.
1: Yep, it's going to be a fun time. So, Nathan, why don't you start off a little bit with... Uh, What it is that you do for Dawson Tire and kind of talk about your process of going through and and looking at at used tires and and how you decide what used tires you want to keep and what used tires you don't want to keep.
0: Yeah, so we do a lot of uh, tire and wheel combination swaps where, uh, how I like to say it is a a dealer in Washington State will get a, a... tractor in with a row crop tire like an 184, 4 480 80 50 and they need a skinny tire because they they're doing uh like double row potatoes or or something like that some orchard stuff and so they'll trade in those uh 480 50s to us and buy the the tires they need well we can take those tires and and a guy in nebraska or maybe in texas will need them and we can help uh move tractors that way and it takes a a tractor and maybe one guy in ten will be interested in it, and we open it up to ten guys out of ten being interested in that tractor.
1: and Eric, you've uh, you and I have, have talked quite a bit about a various number of things and talk about the importance of the used tire business to uh, to Dawson Tire.
0: Yeah um, it's interesting how that business is really, the evolution of the of the used tire and wheel business, Casey, because as our geographic footprint has expanded, we almost had a problem similar to some equipment dealers where our, our used tire inventory, used tire and wheel inventory really grew. And so we, we really worked hard to expand getting a market for those used tires and wheels. I think it's the benefit of it is I know in the equipment world, there's a lot of, leases john deere's put a lot of leases into the into the marketplace to to keep equipment moving and those lease returns come back it i you know better than i do i think at 50 percent tread they have to have some different tires on them yep. so that's really it's really helped the equipment dealers that we've had 70 80 90 to new takeoffs that are a, a fair bit cheaper than buying new So that's been one benefit Then economically everybody knows the ag commodity market hasn't been super wonderful the last few years. And it's, it's been a, it's been an opportunity for producers, growers to, to keep decent tires on their equipment at a discount.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, that's the, uh, that's what I like about working with you guys is that there's a, there's a, uh, when I have a machine that comes in, it's got 5,000 hours on or something like that. And it needs, needs a new set of shoes on it. I, uh, it's it's it makes a lot more sense to take that machine and put a pair of a 70 or 85% takeoff something like that um on that machine uh, just from the from the sheer economics of what you're doing um especially when you start talking about full drives and you've got you know eight tires that you're looking at or it could be 12 tires that you're looking at depending on if you got triples or what you're doing but start putting a brand new set of tires all the way around something like that you're going to get into some pretty uh pretty heavy cash in a lot of instances it could be um, more than the, the tractor's worth or it could be half of the value of a tractor so you're not going to get your bang for your buck but if you take those those used takeoffs um and you and you get that price down it does make more sense so i i, I love what you guys are doing with, with their used tire selection i think it's a i think it's great and i think um it's a i'm glad you do it
0: I think the other thing that's been good for us too is we really refine the process for, for how we trade and, and what we trade. And as we look at the, as I look at the quality of our used tires and wheels in the last five years has really, really improved. So, you know, I, I know the I know the inventory side from a cash perspective, we've got, $4 million worth of used tires and wheels sitting out there right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but as you look at the quality of it, there wouldn't be anything making under 70%, 65, 70% tread in any it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Just knowing how to, um, knowing how to bring in a tire that still has use to somebody else.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I, like I said, it's, it's, it's a game changer when you start looking at uh, remarketing used equipment and and how that goes together. Especially when you start talking about tires and because from from uh, a pure aesthetics of the machine, right? The tires kind of tell the story. Uh, you could have a uh, a machine that is completely mechanically sound, m- m- you know, absolutely uh, just immaculate in condition and everything else but you got a pair of 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 slicks on there for tires and it just completely ruins the value i mean you can't even people can't get around that part so because it's expensive to change those tires out and that's that's the biggest thing of it too so but good stuff there so well this week uh you guys sent me over what you want to talk about and and uh tire technology has come a long ways and there's there's about a a million different things you can look at on a tire now to get you set up and ready to go and, and and different Conditions require different kinds of tires and what have you. But you wanted to talk about uh, IF and VF tires and, and the technology there and, and kind of where that, that industry is headed. So, um, Nathan, why don't you take that off and talk to us about, uh, about the tire technologies out there.
0: I guess to start off with what they are, if a, if a manufacturer decides to build an IF tire or a VF tire, uh, there's a, a couple standards they have to meet. Tell us what IF and VF stand for first. Yep. Yep. Uh, IF stands for increased flexion. So just it's got more load carrying capacity and a VF stands for very increased flexion. So an IF tire, what that means is um, it'll carry 20% more weight at the same air pressures as a standard tire. Or you can drop the air pressure 20% and it carries the same weight standard tire for a VF that bumps up to 40% so it'll carry an extra 20% more than a, uh, an IF tire at the same air pressures as a standard tire.
1: I'm just use equipment guys so i kind of slow here a little bit but they have a uh, if I understand you right if I have a uh, the typical four-wheel drive tractor out there and it's uh, let's just say it's 50,000 pounds and you're running that at uh, 25 pounds or whatever that is I could run that same tire at about 20 pounds of pressure uh, with, a, with a VF tire, and that would give me a, a better footprint, and it would give me a, a little more traction in, uh, in certain, certain conditions, right? Exactly.
0: That's exactly right. The reason that's important, Casey, and I think even in the last three years, in the last three years, I've noticed among producers a lot more attention being paid to compaction. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah you know when I started twenty two years ago in the tire business, it wasn't something you talked about at all. yeah, it was kind of black, round and cheap. but as this this machinery, as you know, has gotten immensely larger, heavier, and goes faster. And it seems that the producers that are staying in business that are really, getting ahead even in tougher times are the guys that are dialing down the incremental costs and they're paying attention to the little things that will give them one or two bushels more per acre and uh, a tire that you aren't maximizing the footprint on and managing your fuel costs that way because if you reduce your, Nathan, you probably know the numbers better than I, but if you reduce your footprint or increase your footprint 20 to 30 percent and reduce your slippage 10 to 15 percent which is not at all uncommon you're going to be saving five to ten gallon of fuel a day which is
1: yeah. a big deal so that you brought something up there the weight of the machine and and the speed of the machines have have uh gotten bigger and faster talk about how these tires function in say uh let's say I have a row crop uh row crop tractor and I've got a, a high speed IVT transmission in it and I can go uh instead of going your typical twenty five miles an hour I'm gonna be you know up there in that closer to thirty miles an hour. How does that tire with uh, decreased pressure and those kind of things, how does that work uh on the uh on the roading situation? Yeah so
0: with the um uh with the higher weight and higher speed, you you still run run a tire say on a row crop tractor at fifteen psi, and there is some central tire inflation inflation system out there. But as we know, a lot of people will just want to run one one psi, and so they don't have to worry about that. And right. They'll maybe check it. One or two times a year, and make sure it's still holding up. But the, the IS and VF would give that peace of mind that you can drop those air pressures 20 or 40 percent and still still maintain the weight and the speed yeah. that you're trying to accomplish.
1: Right on. So that's a uh, that's a big deal now. The, the, it seems like rhodium equipment has gotten to be uh, not that it wasn't beforehand, but um, as the operations get bigger in uh, in their their areas of uh of uh, operation expand the the roading distance between fields uh seem to be getting um further and further away especially when we start talking about um sprayers and those kind of things how does how does a tire like this work with a sprayer and is it something that you see as a common practice uh, with a with a sprayer yeah what
0: well, we found
1: especially on the the
0: bigger sprayers um, a lot of manufacturers are putting them out but uh like you take a new John Deere forty sixty or forty forty four, forty sixty comes with a sixteen hundred gallon tank, and out of the factory, they'll all come with an IF tire or a VF tire, especially on the row crop. Mm-hmm. As as John Deere knows, that's the only way to um, to make it work. It'll, it'll be a forty mile an hour tire and rated for north of thirteen thousand pounds. Yep. No. Yeah. It's almost a requirement, Casey, that on this bigger equipment that they, that they go with producers go with an IF or VF because of, because of the weight or, you know, you take some of those machines up to 30 mile an hour. Yeah. I, I laughed. I probably told you this story before, but talking about sprayers, the, that Vector machine, which is a direct axle machine built in Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, that machine's rated to go fifty three mile an hour and you you put that on a three eighty ninety forty six or a set of floats you know six fifty mm-hmm. by thirty eight that's hell on tires even empty that is
1: that is a wicked amount of speed I'm sure and I'm sure people are going fifty three miles an hour with a with a full full tank of uh of liquid in the back there and they're just screaming down the road passing passing people and some of these some of these uh rural roads and what have you but um that's another a big factor a part of these tires and i'm I'm guessing that's why the the strength of these tires is getting to be such a a bigger thing is because the amount of weight that you have plus the speed plus just the overall just the friction and and the heat that you're generating going down the road with something like this um talk about the lifespan of these tires and and the uh the technology that's built into them to kind of um kind of ward off that that, that heat that we know exists as tires go down the road. So Nathan could probably speak better to the manufacturing process, but what the
0: tire manufacturers did when, when these loads increased and speed started increasing was really pay attention to sidewall design and construction. Mm-hmm. So it's not only, I mean, they didn't just thicken everything up. They, they actually put a lot of strength into the, to, the, to the belt packages. So so there's a lot. It's not necessarily thicker because they still need a lot of flexibility, but it's, it's just uh, the rubber compounds are better and uh, the belt packages, they, they started putting some different nylon in the belt packages so these sidewalls wouldn't break down and, and still
1: maintain a lot of flex over a long period of time. The technology, and not just the tires, but the actual material that they're building them with, have come a long ways from the old, the old bias tires and everything else that we have out there. So it's that is a uh, is a big deal. So Nathan, why don't you talk about just the the manufacturing of these tires and what it and what kind of goes into that?
0: Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of the manufacturers, of course, sell they try to show you as, as little as possible when you go through, we studied the mm-hmm. went through the Firestone training facility in Columbia, Ohio but they're getting a lot of technology themselves to build it as the uh, as you can not put them together by hand and maintain the consistency from tire to tire their their testing facility is from what we were seeing second to none and they'll, they'll put a tire and, and just drive it for six months straight on on autonomous tractors um, but uh, one thing that you notice are, or some of these tires it seems like the sidewalls are as thin or, or thinner than a standard tire and it's just that a lot better rubber compounds synthetic now and how they're um, gluing them together all the, all the testing that goes into it another thing it's interesting you know we go through some of the Older standard tire plants in, in this country and um, there's still some here but the Goodyear plant Des Moines has over a thousand employees building tires. The Trellivore plant that they just recently put in and it just shows the advances. I'm not picking on one or the other, or saying one tire is better than the other. But the the plant in South Carolina builds the same number of tires with a hundred people. Okay. <laughs> just the, the robotics, the robotics, and the, the even the artificial intelligence that's going into the machines that are building it in this Nathan said it just everything is so much more consistent. There's just no. There's no factor of human error.
1: So if I'm a if I'm a producer out there right now, and I'm I'm listening to this podcast, which I hope everybody does, um, and I'm I got some questions about my uh, my situation that I have. How how are you going to walk through the through the uh, kind of the the checklist, I guess, of when do I need an IF and when do I need a VF tire?
0: Yeah, so we're going to start with what what is your application what are you doing with that tractor what are you what are you doing with that combine we know what you're doing but what does that combine i'll pick on the combine because that's a that's a world where there's a lot of producers miss it a lot with what tires and wheels are running you know am i running a a six or eight row head, or am i running a 40 foot platform um do I road that combine with grain in it? I know we shouldn't, but do I? Um, and just make them aware of what the number one, what the weight they're doing in a tractor. Are they? Is it a drawbar pole or is it three point? Um, so we have to understand what what the weight is, of, and and then the the application. You know, are you are you row crop? Do you need to maintain ridges? Or are you, is it, are you pulling 120 foot field cultivators with four wheel drives and you just need to maximize footprint? So that's where we're gonna start, understanding what the tractor weighs. We'll actually pull some scales out and weigh it. Um, and then start looking at what minimum, what's the minimum air pressure you can run to perform most of what you're doing. Nathan referred to it earlier, but on the horizon is central inflation systems and equipment where you can change your air pressures um, from the cab. That's where it's going next, so you can actually pull into a field, drop your air pressures to 7 or 8, 10 PSI, and then pull out on the road and get them up to 25 or 30, which is where you need to run them as you were referring to a thirty mile an hour down the road.
1: So how does um, how does soil conditions and you know whether you're you're working on a flat ground or whether you're working on a terraced field or your side hill or whatever it is? How does that start playing into to which tire do I need when and how?
0: Yeah, one of the one of the biggest things with lower air pressure is that the uh, footprint of the tire it gets a little bit wider, but it gets a lot longer, and so, th- so there's less, um, just pressure on the ground. And the people that have done the test, the, the universities and the, a lot of producers themselves find that, um, especially row ro- crop conditions, corn especially, but if you're running dual, you're, and you've got less, um, less PSI and more footprint, mm-hmm you're pinching the roots of the crop a lot less. You're you're putting a lot less pressure on you see you get you running say a nineteen inch wide tire on thirty inch rows, that only leaves you three inches aside that you're um, to go down between the rows. So it's a little little bit of margin for error there, but it gets gets a lot better yield when you're not stunting a growth. Uh, with a crop like that, yep. the other thing is, Mark um, and you referred to soil conditions. Mm-hmm. The further east you go in this country, the, the wetter it typically is, and mm-hmm. the more a tire flexes, the better it cleans. Okay, and the better it cleans, the less it slips. So we, um, again, just understanding that you can spend a little more money on a little better tire in a, with IF or VF drop your air pressures, reduce slippage. Um, we saw last year, everybody knows it was kind of a year from hell for the weather, but we saw a lot of people buying flotation tires for sprayers that never ran them in the past. But then they're coming back this year saying, we want to keep doing that because we increased the rock. The, the ride is so much better, mm. but we saw even in wheat fields in western Kansas, I was talking to a dealer down there the other day, we saw a, that there wasn't the, the striped one, striping in the wheat from where the tire tracks ran. So they used to run just the narrow tires, and when they'd go through and spray, they pre emergence so They that wheat was stunted. You could see it in the fields, but they, they eliminated that, and, and that's just an incremental yield improvement
1: yeah that's the uh that's that's the whole thing right there is just making sure that you can you can um increase that yield as much as you can i mean if even if it's a bushel an acre or whether it's uh you know 10 bushels an acre or whatever it is i mean the more you can do it the better the better your 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 profitability is going to be so is the you know the proverbial is the is the juice worth the squeeze type of thing and in a lot of cases you know, tires are probably one of the most overlooked things. When we start talking about technology. You know, we've got all this different stuff on the machines that can track yield and talk about you know guidance and this, that, and the other thing. But um, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of uh, yield loss and gain in, in just your tires. And, and I think what you're talking about here is, is a is a good example of that.
0: And it it carries through the year, doesn't it? No matter what, what what machine you're running across the field, even in the fall and harvest time, you're you're impacting next year's um, crop by the compaction you're creating at harvest, and especially if it's a wet harvest or or wet soil conditions during harvest. um, You know, I'll go back to the combine situation. I, a a lot of, you know, we've seen in the past some people trying to cut costs so they buy the lowest cost 5208542 tire but when you look at a 400 bushel grain tank today with a 12 row head and even a set of duals that those tires are actually carrying twice the weight that they're rated for and so they they continue to pump them up when well, you run that tire at 35 to 40 psi you're just near
1: soil. right plus it's also the amount of uh, pressure you're putting on that tire it's not designed for that amount of, of pressure and so your your actual tire life is uh you're cutting it in half or, or more you know and and you might have to spend more money to get a and one of these if or vf tires compared to your your traditional tire but in the, in the long run you're saving money because you know you're not you're you're going to get twice the twice the time out of this tire's yard the tire that you're not using properly so um this is a uh, it's a big deal you know i had that conversation with folks quite a bit about yeah it might be more expensive but you're going to get a longer life out of it so uh, i guess when you have that conversation with folks how are you how do you have that conversation with somebody how do you have that you know hey look you know this is how it's designed to be used and this is how you're using it and this is the expected by spam but you're above and beyond that you know if you spend a little more money you can get this tire how do you have that conversation with a with the producer
0: I, I think just like that you try to try to take the time to understand what they're doing again with their piece of equipment and and just go through the what what is a load index what does that 166a8 mean on the side of their tire because you know back in the old days it was was it an eight flyer, or a ten flyer, or a 12 fly but today its you know there's there's load indexes and you say well if you step up and buy this tire it, it it'll carry a little more weight or you can carry the same weight with lower air pressure we, we, we ask them questions like is compaction something you pay attention to in your operation is that important to you well most of them today will will say yes and then once you get on the footing of what's important in your operation, then, then it's easier to have the conversation rather than, is this one cheaper than this one? As you know, in, in the world of sales, a lot of conversations start with price, and it's our job as the professionals, as the people that understand the tire and wheel industry, and hopefully something about agriculture, that, that we can transition the conversation to what's the best value for money. Right. I mean, if it's a if it's your mowing tractor that you might put in the field twice a year because you're getting behind ridging, uh, yeah, um, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But if it's your principal tractor and you're putting four to five hundred hours a year on it um, in, in field work, you have to stop and ask those questions, Casey.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, you got to ask think the questions. Sorry. No, go ahead. go ahead. I think it's important. Uh, a lot of people are, are show me, don't tell me people, right. and being able to pull out a scale, weigh a tractor with an implement. As we know, uh, Western Nebraska uses a lot of three point setups, maybe more drawbar where you're at, but that that's all weight that's going directly onto the tractor. So a lot of people will counterbalance the front end, mm-hmm. put more weight on it, and being able to pull out a scale and, and scale that tractor. Um, then you show people what happens to footprint. Uh, there's, a, there's a really easy footprint test where you can, uh, you just drive a tractor onto a piece of cardboard and spray paint a, around the tire. And do that a couple times with a higher air pressure and then with a lower air pressure. And you see how, how much longer that footprint really gets on the piece of cardboard. So it's a, it's an easy visual and um, shows people what happens when you um, are able to do that with
1: a tire. Yep. That's a uh, technology has it's come a long ways in tires. And, and before we started the show here, you brought up a, uh, a new one that I hadn't heard of yet. And it was uh, the Galileo cup tire. Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah. I mean, they call it the
0: Galileo cup wheel. Oh, I, cup I think the they've guy. marketed it to do some under the, the new track name. Mm-hmm the METAS new track name that again it's a little different technology we're doing some testing got, got actually run them on a, on a skid steer today um, and in our operation so same the same problem and a, maybe a little different solution that so we even in our skid steers where we would typically run 65 or 70 PSI because we beat the crap out of them With a lot of weight, Um, these tires are running 20 to 25, and just completely change the ride of the machine, bouncing over ruts and frozen ground and rocks, and because that tire is flexing so much more, and it's it's hard to explain. It's a completely different sidewall technology. Still running some air in it. They they do have some actual no air versions, but their goal was to. Again, get another twenty to thirty to forty percent footprint on the ground, so those tires are running around it with they they build something like seven and um, we've got some coming but and that tire just looks like it's running totally flat when it's on the machine, but the footprint is just massive
1: yeah that's that's uh we're seeing more and more of these machines come out now that have um have a track system on it, whether it's a, a two-track system or a, a four-track system. Um, even some some manufacturers have come out with, like Case, for example, where they've got a, a half-track kind of thing going where they've got tires on the front, tracks on the back. Um, you, you can tell that there's getting to be a bigger consciousness about not necessarily um, – compaction which is very important but also just transport you know what i'm talking about so if you take like a like a 9rx or any 4 any articulated four-wheel drive or even even a row crop tractor these days and you, and you put dual tires on it and let's say it's a, a four-wheel drive and you put dual 710s or dual 800s on it driving down the road you're taking up a lot of the road just driving down the road like that and but if you had the my four track system and you and you look at that and you put that on there. You have uh, you have the same, a similar footprint. I mean, to some extent, you have a similar footprint. Um, you have 36, 36 inch wide tracks. You've got you know three feet on the ground, and if you've got, uh, but you've narrowed it up right, so you don't have all of the all the tires down the back. And I think something that I'm noticing with with like the IF and the VF tires and those kind of things is that you're you're kind of ha- you can't. You, the amount of tire that you have to have outside is is starting to kind of shrink down a little bit. Is that a, is that kind of a fair statement? Is that something that you've noticed? And is that, is that you think that's where these this tire technology is headed?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think the tire manufacturers were a little bit threatened by the growth in the track industry. So what, you know, what can we do to stay relevant? Um, Some of the old standard American manufacturers. You know, we're building the same tires for 50 years, which they didn't keep up with the technology of the equipment manufacturers and the weight. I, I think that's a pretty fair statement. Probably the European manufacturers did a better job because they were a little bit on the front lines with roading. They do a lot more roading over there. Right. So um, I, I think you know you've seen recently where the the tire manufacturers are scrambling to get in the track business because of the growth of tracks. And again, the benefit of tracks is compaction and traction, Mm -hmm. less compaction, more traction, huge footprints on the ground. A little bit of challenge in the roading situation because the tracks in the past haven't stood the heat like a tire will. So, so we've seen some challenges in, Higher speeds and and a lot of roading where the the tracks are sailing prematurely. But Michelin's Michelin bought out Camso. Um, Firestone scrambling hard to to um, get tracks manufactured. They're they're supposed to have some track Firestone tracks online here pretty quick. There's some out there now. Um, I know. Yeah, other manufacturers looking at it so it's obviously not going away
1: right yeah Yep. Yeah. I, I think the track the track thing is going to be a bigger deal as, as machines get bigger and heavier and we're looking for a, a more condensed footprint whether it's a tire like this with some similar tire technology that we see here or whether it's uh some some track system that we see out there it just it feels like there's uh or uh we're running out of road space and uh we, we machines are getting bigger, and and we need to uh, somehow make them more compact, but yet still be able to to transport them uh, in a in a more reasonable fashion. So, good stuff here, folks. Um, you know, I I'd like to thank you guys for being on the podcast here. Any last things you want to throw out there about this stuff before we shut it down?
0: I just wanted I wanted to ask you real quick, Casey, no, what's your opinion on on size of equipment? Is there a point where that <laughs> You, you run out of where's optimum size. I, I, I think it's been driven by labor and the yeah, size yeah. of farms, but is there a time when the equipment's gonna not keep getting bigger and bigger? How I mean John Deere can't even ship combines with wheels and tires on the same truck as the combine now because they're so big.
1: Yeah. Um I've had this conversation a lot with with different folks and in my opinion is uh I, I kind of feel like we've hit that point now. I would I would guess that every generation has had this conversation like how much bigger could it possibly get, you know, but I mean um, where where we're sitting at now I really think that we've kind of hit that point. I don't know how much bigger you can get, you know a, a combine or how much bigger you can get. I mean there there's uh, everybody's rolling out the, a new generation of combine here in a couple years and, and there's going to be some, some sizes that are going to be, you know, class 10 combines and those kind of things that are going to start being more prevalent and what we see happening out there i really believe as as uh, uh, autonomy and um you know drone type situations start to 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 pop up machines will start to get smaller um because you won't have the need for one person to go out there and, and operate one machine you'll have one person operating however many you know five or six or seven or however many machines they can monitor at a time and when that starts happening you'll start seeing more and more machines in a, in a single field And they're going to be smaller Um So I, I definitely think that You know Over the next five years Going in for sure The next ten years The size of machinery will, will get smaller Before it gets bigger Now I'm I'm no expert And I don't have any Any kind of real information Other than that And just a hunch That I have uh, As I look at Um Just kind of Everything around us Is getting smaller Cars are getting smaller You know You just look around Things are just getting smaller And um i think just the overall and, and it comes back to a labor thing right so when one person can operate multiple pieces of equipment at the same time um you'll see that or you could have you know some like um some technology out there where one tractor can operate um three or four tractors at the same time so someone's still in the tractor driving it and they're still using guidance and what have you but you'll have uh you know, one tractor out there driving and planting, and there'll be two other tractors and two other planters beside it that are doing uh, that are just following that tractor down the field. So there could be some stuff like that. But as as things get more robotic and more uh, autonomous and more um, you know kind of driverless type technology start really starting to be more prevalent, I really believe equipment is going to get smaller. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: That's good. All right appreciate you having us thought i
1: don't really have anything more to ask this morning no that's yeah, well i appreciate you guys being a part of the podcast and i i look forward to uh to this this coming year and how we how we uh the stuff that we're doing here so if folks want to reach out to uh Doss and tire and will and get some information about what it is you guys have to offer and, and maybe just have a question about a tire that they're using what's what's the best way to do that
0: oh simplest way probably just call us um 888-604-3403 is the number or you email us at sales at
1: com. Right on. And what's the, what's the website? www.
0: website and Wheel.
1: Right on. Okay. And you're out there on all the social media sites as well on, at DawsonTire and Wheel or at DawsonTire on uh, about every social media platform out there. So guys, reach out, check them out. They got a lot of good information. And uh, like I said, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with these guys for, for some time now and, and I'm i'm uh really uh really honored to have him as part of the podcast so with that i am uh casey seymour with nathan mcpherson and eric mcpherson let's go move some iron folks out
0: moving iron
1: in the 21st century hard-working people working hard in time again through the years you'll find us
0: here moving higher